So, we met online. This is a podcast about love, sex, and everything in between, the world of online dating. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Erica. Welcome to So We Met Online. If you would like to learn more about the show, visit us online at sowemetonline.com and join us throughout social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at So We Met Online. So we met online. We actually met on Bumble. Okay. Yay for Yay Bumble. Yay for Bumble. I hate Bumble. What? So. Okay, we'll talk about that later. So we met on Bumble. We matched. She sent me a message. Uh, we began to talk. What's interesting about this individual was, I don't know if it's really relevant, but I will sh- share. Uh, she's actually older. She was about uh, four or five years older than me. That's not that much. Not not much. But my thought process was, you know, open to meeting new people. And I thought, hey, maybe somebody older will bring me a different perspective. I don't know. So we started dating. Uh, we went on a couple of dates. And by, I'd say, the third date or so, uh, we had a disagreement. Now, again, I don't think that's necessarily too uncommon. But, you know, we talked through it. I can't really tell you what it was. I don't remember. It's not important. I just remember there was a disagreement. And and so we talked about it. Uh, Things were fine. We went on a couple more dates. And after about two weeks, we had another disagreement. Same thing. I don't really remember what it was about. It doesn't really matter. But I started to realize that this was a little weird because here we are having multiple disagreements and it's only like two weeks in and I'm thinking, <laughs> my God, I've dated people for two months without having a disagreement and we're on two weeks and already have two disagreements. So we get to the roughly three weeks in and uh, we had a conversation about being exclusive. And I said, yes, I'm actually interested. I felt as if we were able to communicate. I was genuinely interested in her. I wanted to be exclusive. I wanted to kind of, you know, really start working through the relationship. And so I was really all in for it. Three weeks in, she sends me a message and she wanted to argue about something. And I'm like, okay, now we're three weeks in, three arguments. This is getting a little, you know, concerning to me. But again, I had committed to the relationship, so I was willing to talk to her at least about it. She came over to have the conversation with me and she basically said, you're not off Bumble. Her argument was <laughs> that she was upset that I was still on Bumble. Were and you still on Bumble? I was not. Now, we've... I would be upset if you were still on Bumble if we were exclusive. Yeah, I get that. Totally understandable. She used the rationale of being on Bumble as I am still looking for other people and I'm not interested in being exclusive. I would think that too. Okay. At which case I said, no, that is not the case. I am interested. I have committed to you. I have said I'm going to be exclusive. And I'm here right now having this conversation, right? I'm not running from it. I could have just said, screw you and see you later. Sure. No matter what I said, she did not believe me. So you said, I'm not on Bumble. She said, yes, you are. You said, I'm not, actually. She said, 
I don't believe you. Correct. Well, I think you just showed her that it wasn't on your phone. Well, Bumble was on my phone, and oh. that's... <laughs> okay, Chris. No, 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 no. We can argue about this all you want. Just because it's on my phone doesn't mean I'm actively using it. I, okay, I'm going to disagree with okay, you there. Okay, so your argument is going to be that if you were in an exclusive relationship, you must delete all of those apps off your phone. Yes. That is your... Okay. I would tend to agree with you in this particular case. I didn't doesn't mean or doesn't change what the reality is. Okay. This story is fishy. Okay. Doesn't matter. So she she disagrees with me. We're having this argument and I'm getting very, you know, really at this point I'm getting frustrated because again, I know I am being honest. So why didn't you just delete the app in front of her and call it a day? Because at that point in time, I was too upset from the conversation. Okay. The point of this conversation, though, really is this. <laughs> it didn't matter what I said to her. Uh-huh. She did not believe me. Now, on some level, I get that. I can understand how you may just keep hearing somebody, hearing somebody, and not believe them. Believe it or not, you mentioned that. I, I just was thinking about it. I did actually delete the app while we were having this conversation I mean, together. that seems like it would be satisfying for okay. both of you. Yes, but she did not believe me. What I eventually said was this. I said, look, what do you want me to say? Mm -hmm. She says, I want you to say that you are still pursuing other relationships and that you aren't ready to be exclusive. Like, be honest with me. That's all I'm asking you to do is be honest with me. And I said, look. I can tell you exactly what you want to hear. I could tell you that I'm still actively looking for other relationships, that I'm not interested in being exclusive, that I'm open-minded about whatever, but that would be me lying to you. Huh. And it didn't matter how much I tried to explain to her that I am not lying to you and that telling you this would be lying to you. Right. She just did not believe me. Hmm. And I got so frustrated and upset by it. And I said, look, I've been in relationships where I've never had this level of deep, frustrating types of conversations so early in a relationship. I just think we are not compatible. We are on completely different scopes in terms of the way we communicate, in terms of our expectations, in terms of you thinking I'm lying or not lying. Mm -hmm. I just don't think this is going to work out. You know, and she was like, well, why do you have to push all of this on me? What? She did. She said that. Why are you pushing all this on me? And I said, I'm not. But this this is the prime example. It's not you. It's the way we communicate. And it's different. Mm -hmm. And there's clearly something that's disconnecting here. And no matter what I say, you just aren't going to believe me. Mm -hmm. So I think where I'm going with this story is at what point in time in relationships or do our past experiences, how do we allow those or don't allow those to impact our new relationships, right? Clearly, she had been lied before in her past to the point where she felt everybody was now lying to mm -hmm. her. It doesn't help the relationship, right? Right. Well, this is very similar to what we talked about on an earlier episode about triggers, very similar in that if someone did something to you or something impacted you in a certain way, you are, I mean, just inevitably going to carry that on into new relationships. Yep. But easier said than done. But I'll always say, like, don't project someone's past bad behavior 
onto someone new because then it'll be a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yep. She wanted to prove that you were lying. Well, she, I guess, got what she wanted. I mean, that's, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, she, for as much as she said that she wanted to have the relationship and talk through it and make it work, she also wanted to argue about the realities of the relationship every other week. That just sounds exhausting. It was. It was. It was. It was incredibly exhausting. And I told her, I said, I just can't deal with this. I can't do this every week. Have try to make you feel comfortable about our relationship. Right. I mean, despite my disagreement with you about having the app on your phone, I can't imagine how frustrating it was to be saying the same thing over and over and knowing you're being honest and you're being truthful and just to have someone. I don't know if it's arguing with you for the sake of arguing with you or just not believe you because they've been burned so badly in the past that they believe nobody's honest, which is, you know, really unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, look, put put the Bumble conversation aside and having the app or deleting the app or whatever the case might be. It could be anything. It could be, what did you have for lunch today? And I could say, oh, I had a hot dog. And if she said... No, I don't think you had a hot dog. You clearly had a hamburger today. Like, no, I guarantee I had a hot dog, and here's a picture of it. And it's like, (laughs) you're lying to me. I mean, that's what we're talking about, No, I understand. And that becomes very old very quickly in a relationship. Of course it does. And you actually told me earlier when we were talking about what we were going to talk about in this episode... You told me, because I brought something up to you, about how on Bumble, when you did still have it on your phone before you deleted it in that relationship, Bumble tracks you. Yep. And you told me she didn't believe you. So so Bumble says in your profile what city you're in. Correct. It follows you around and it... And that allows you to match with the people in your area, so... But it also tells people where you are yeah, at any given moment. There is a certain stalkerish level to it. And what did you tell me that she saw you were some in a different town and Yeah, I had I was at work. I was, was at work and so she logged into Bumble herself, supposedly while we were in an exclusive relationship. Uh, uh-huh. She logged into Bumble. She looked at my profile. She saw that I was in the next city over where I worked and assumed that I was actively trying to match with people using Bumble. I mean, I hope, honestly, for her sake, I hope she's, I don't know her, obviously, and I don't know when this happened, but I hope she's working on those trust issues. And I have no problem as a dating coach knowing when my skill set, when, when someone has something that's out of the scope of my skill set, I have no problem referring people to a therapist. I don't see that as a negative at all. I think everybody should see a therapist, myself included. So in this case, I really hope she did because she's really throwing a wrench in any new relationship. Uh, before we take a break, I just, this will take two seconds, but I just want to talk about how Bumble follows you because I went on a date recently and you know for anyone listening when i am not in a relationship i date and uh i obviously use the tools i'm best at so anyway when i got there he immediately said to me what (laughs) the date was in washington Mm dc he said to me what were you doing in new york and denver (laughs) and i said how did you know i was in new york and denver he goes well bumble told me (laughs) yeah so apparently he was looking at my profile enough to 
to know where I was. And then even today, Chris, you and I are are currently in Utah recording right now. And this same person, and look, I I plan to see him again. I mean, nice person. This same person (laughs) wrote, I see you're in Utah. (laughs) You should go to this Mexican restaurant. (laughs) On the one hand, it's sweet, but on the other, it's a little disconcerting. I mean, my family doesn't even, yeah. even always know where I am. Yeah. Well, the good news is, is if you... After wanna... this, my mom's totally going on Bumble just so she can yeah, track see me. see where I'm at. Yeah. Okay, right. be right back. Have you wanted to become a tutor or a therapist? Maybe you already have a growing tutoring business. Oasis is an online tutoring management system that helps you to manage staff and students, create learning plans, progress reports, generate invoices, and streamline your entire business operation. If you are looking to take your tutoring or therapy business to the next level, visit oasisonline.com. That's O-A-S-E-S online.com. Oasis, the online tutor management system. So before the break, I shared a story about a woman who did not believe me no matter how honest I was with her, she just continued to believe I was lying to her. Which is a real shame. Yes. Let me tell you another story, sort of on the flip side, where I met a woman online. We began dating. Things were going very well. No arguments this time around. Um, and the more we saw each other, the closer we got. It actually was going great. Mm-hmm. No complaints, no red flags. No arguments, nothing. But she said something to me one day that I think is relevant to this conversation. She said, I don't think you're real. I think that was meant as a compliment. I think it does, but it also, again, like I said, I think it's relevant to our conversation. What don't you think is real? Like you're too good to be true? Exactly. Are you too good to be true? Are you just saying what you think I want to hear so that I will fall for you? Is this just a game? I think, again, like the first story, our past relationships Mm -hmm. have led us to believe that there's no possible way that a genuine connection, a real connection, could be real. Like, there's got to be some type of ulterior motive behind this or... This guy has to be kind of leading me on to get, what, down my pants or something. Like, I think these thoughts genuinely come out even when we are being honest about who we are and the connection that we have and how the relationship is going. And it does take a little time for you to trust that what that person is saying is real and that you don't feel like you're being played. Mm -hmm. But I do think that that's also stemming from our past experiences We've been played before, so clearly this guy is just leading me on again. And again, if you keep believing that, it will happen. I mean, yes. You find what you're looking for. If you look hard enough, you will find whatever you're looking for. Yeah, if you're looking hard enough for a fault, you're going to find the fault, even if that fault is made, made up, up in your head. Exactly. I, I truly believe that. While this isn't a full story, it's pretty minor, it's something along the lines of what you were just saying in terms of having an experience and then projecting that onto a new person. Mm -hmm. I always find it frustrating if I schedule something. I don't care if it's a date or a friend or anybody. And 
It's scheduled. It is on the calendar. I don't know about you. I keep a Google calendar, you know, and I maybe I'm in the minority these days and this is not bragging. I write my plans in stone. I do not cancel plans unless there is some dire situation. Mm -hmm. Right. So I get frustrated when I've actually made concrete plans with people. And then the day before or the day of they ask, are we still on? Well, we made the plans. So I always advise the what I call the confident confirmation, looking forward to seeing you. Assume the person is not going to flake. Mm-hmm. So at one point, I was feeling a little, I don't know, ornery or something. So when someone confirmed plans with me, it, it was a date at, at whatever point this was, and asked, are we still on? I, of course, said yes. But then I asked, I actually asked him, And I told him what I do for a living. And I said, just out of curiosity, because I give the advice, have the confident confirmation, just out of curiosity, did you think we weren't going to be on? And he said to me, and this didn't, you know, wasn't an argument or anything. I was genuinely curious why he phrased it like that, because he seemed like a really confident guy. And he said, so many women, and I know this is men too, flake at the last minute that I don't actually believe it's happening until I get that extra confirmation. And I said, that's a real shame. I know that's the case and I know people flake and I know you don't know me, but I do not flake. And that was really it and we met and I don't remember the date to be honest, Mm -hmm. but it was insightful to me because it felt like all of that past flakiness had nothing to do with me personally, but was getting projected onto all new dates. Innocent until proven guilty. Sure, innocent until proven guilty. But it was interesting when you said something, what my gut instinct was if I was in that scenario. You said, but honestly, I don't flake. Right. And my first instinct was if I heard that or if I got that, I would have been like, that's what they all say. Maybe. Right. But again, it's because I don't know you in that situation. My experience is that a lot of women do flake at the last minute. And men. And men, yes, granted. And that when we say certain things, that they are at times lines. Like, I love Broadway shows. Oh, yeah? You can't be real? No No guy likes Broadway shows, you know? Or, you know, those are things that we instinctually are like, uh, no, that's just not real, you know? Yeah, but that's getting off the topic a little bit. Because well, it's it's about anything that we may say where, like you're saying, from our background or from our instinct, we just don't believe it. Fine. Believe it or not. But in this particular case, I said to him, you don't know me. You have no reason to believe I'll show up or whatever it is. But don't assume the worst. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. Don't assume the worst. And I don't think that most of us take that advice into consideration. I think we all automatically assume the worst. In my stories, they assume the worst. In the good relationships, they assume the worst. I assume people are going to show up. I mean, I don't know if you remember from a previous season where I told you I got stood up and it was someone I had planned a date with on Bumble. I mean, we planned the time and the date and the location. It was the bagel date. And I remember it vividly because, well, I was hungry for a bagel. And he's like, I'd never, I've never been on a big gold date. I mean, we had the whole thing. And he was also an entrepreneur. So we were meeting on a weekday morning, which is kind of fun and unusual. Mm-hmm. 
The night before, I go to check his profile, and he had unmatched me. I gave the benefit of the doubt and said, you know what? We made these plans. They seemed pretty concrete to me. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so I showed up on the date, and he did not. And I just don't want people to assume the worst, and I realize people do. And, and I hope I never get to the point where I'm jaded enough to assume the worst. Heck, I feel as if I'm not a jaded person but I do think that in a certain sense of reality, I don't believe people. And that's unfortunate. When somebody says, I'm going to be there, I don't believe them until they're there. That's Yeah, but you're not going to not show up because you don't believe That's them. correct. But, you know, I, it was interesting. I've also been thinking while we've been talking about this, do we have different expectations based on how excited we are to see somebody probably meaning like (laughs) you know if i really 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 want to see somebody maybe i am overly confirming and maybe i have higher expectations and maybe i'm also more mildly scared that they're not going to show up because i really want them to show up in reverse if it's somebody that you know it's like oh it's just going to be casual I don't stress about it as much. I'm going to show up and if they show up, whatever. But I'm not like worried. I'm not like overly thinking, oh, they're just saying that they're going to be there on time or whatever, you know? I guess this gets me into a hot button issue for for (laughs) myself personally. I hold myself to a very high standard when it comes to doing the thing I say I'll do. Mm -hmm. My clients know I don't overpromise and underdeliver. Everything is on time. All my schoolwork for all the years I was in school was on time. And I show up where I need to be. I guess maybe it's a problem for me, but I hold people to the standard I hold myself. And maybe I need to stop. So that's interesting, though, because I think that aligns when we talk about holding ourselves or holding others to the same standard as us. Right. We're talking about not showing up for a date, but we could also add then this is a big pet peeve of mine, showing up late. Oh, well, we've talked about that. Right. So they could still show up, but they show up late and it's like, uh, hello, like, mm-hmm. did you message me? Did you at least send me? Like, I, I'll never late. I'm not late to a business function. I'm not late to go see a movie. I'm not late for a date. Uh, if I say this is the time, I'm there. Should I at- not believe you now because you didn't <laughs> believe that I'm not a flake? Right. I agree. If you're going to be, look, I have issues with, you know, being a few minutes late sometimes. As long as you notify the person before the time the date starts. I mean, we had an episode where I talked about how when the guy was there at 3.08, I said to him, I wish you had just told me you were going to be late. And he said, well, I'm only five minutes late. And I said, it doesn't matter. You're still, right. still late. Right. So in this regards, we're talking about something beyond like, something that's happened in a past relationship and and that thing that has happened in a past relationship impacts you know how we perceive new relationships or the expectations we set but we're clearly saying that this could also be personal cultural you know something that we've grown up with something that's a rule in our own personal lives that we are then also trying to hold people accountable for that they may or may not align with. Well, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, maybe I need to loosen that. Do it's you? hard to accept. Well, I, or do I only maintain people in my life who have that expectation right. of themselves? Yeah, that, but that's... A, I and think, this is not a dating conversation. This is just a life yeah, conversation. Yeah, but I think that's a valid question. Do you accept in a relationship somebody who's always going to be late when you yourself can't handle that? 
Or do you align yourself? Do you date somebody who you know is going to respect your time and be on time too? I think this conversation is no different than if we were to say uh, anything else like, I'm going to find somebody who has potentially the same religion as me or somebody mm -hmm. who wants to get married or somebody who wants to have kids or somebody who's going to always be on time or mm -hmm. somebody who's going to actually communicate, mm -hmm. right? These are things that are important or critical to our happiness and we want to make sure again that we are with somebody who accepts those. That's absolutely true. So if I were to give one piece of advice from all of these stories, it would be to figure out if you do have those things that you're bringing from past relationships into the present and figure out if that's something that you can stop projecting onto new people. Maybe try taking people at their word. That might sound like naive advice, but I actually think you'll be happier in the long run assuming people are who they say and will do what they do. And yeah, you may be disappointed, but I'd rather go along thinking that the person is being honest and is being genuine than assume the worst and try to prove that. Yep, I agree. Thanks for listening. 